Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy. Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we are. It's another lovely Martinez Santa crawl going on while we're yeah. doing our shows. People down there getting their drink on. That's right. There, we got lots of uh, lots of folks in the studio today, which is unusual. Yeah, yeah. We got uh, we got uh, the heretic porn, of course, because mm-hmm. I'm here. We got uh, pouring, pouring. You're pouring, not whoring, not not, not, not wh- heretic porn. pouring, not, not porn. No, you you, you said heretic pouring. porn, but pouring heretic pouring. pouring. Yes. yes, pouring beer. Yes, yes. right. And glad we cleared that up. Naturally. And then Twenty uh, First Amendment's out here with us, and uh, we got Track Seven across the way. Yeah, yeah. So they do a great job with the uh, the beer crawls around here. It's kind of kind of fun and uh, quite enjoyable. It is. And speaking of fun and enjoyable. Hey, our fabulous sponsors, AdamandEve.com, correct? <laughs> Blickman Engineering, for God's sakes. Oh, darn, Jesus. I muffed it again. I love when John's in studio. <laughs> yeah, right. It changes it, everything. It just, just messes everything up. I mean, it just makes everything so much better. Well, yeah, no, our, our fabulous friends uh, Blick, at Blickman Engineering, BlickmanEngineering.com with two N's and, and probably a couple other letters in there. Yeah, yeah uh, check them out. they got all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, to innovate, as JP would say, innovating your brew day. They got the Tower of Power. They got the uh, Hop Rocket. They got the uh, Brew Easy setup, which is brand new. Ooh, what what is that? It's a it's it's a all in one brewing system. Oh, uh-huh. and uh, so kind of sounds like it makes things easier. It does. It's kind of along the same principles as brewing a bag. Oh, where uh-huh. it's a single vessel recirculation system and so uh-huh. on. But it's it's all in one, and uh, it really uh-huh. simplifies brew day uh-huh. and very small foot, footprint. So you say similar to brewing bag. So brewing a bag, but taking up a notch. If I know Blickman exactly. Engineering, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah recirculation cool. pump and uh, temperature control. Oh wow! Um, you add all your water up front and uh-huh, just uh-huh. let it go. And ooh, I like that. Brews for you. That sounds really good. Can he make one about thirty-five barrels <laughs> in size? I bet he could. Right. I'll have them ship it to uh, Fairfield, California. Uh, I, I'm interested. It's, it's a sweet little system. Hmm. Well, go to BlickmanEngineering.com and check that out. Check out all the other stuff they got. If you get a chance, say say hi to the Blickman folks and tell them you appreciate that they paid for the show so you didn't have to. All right. Today we are going, we've got a, a wonderful special guest in the studio, Colin Kaminsky. Cheers. Of Downtown Joe's and so many other things. And the water book. He and uh, John did the water book together. That's right. And uh, I think one of the most important things to bring up is that neither one of you uh, 
you know, in your dedication to this thing, you know, you gave no, 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 you didn't throw me even a slightest bone. Colin, John, <laughs> you know what I'm saying here. Did I? John, you're 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 thanking everybody under the freaking sun, everybody on God's green earth. John's going like, well, and there's this guy and that uh, yeah. guy, and you know, for me, not so much as a howdy do. Well, you know, Mike McDowell got left out too. So hey, you're in good I company. I don't care about McDowell. I'm talking about me. Don't don't try and smooth it over here, Colin. At least in Colin, I guess I guess I was. Generally included in Collins because uh, Collins uh, went something like this. I'm paraphrasing here, but it's uh, so everybody thought I was a turd in the punch bowl. Screw you. <laughs> there was, am I capturing the spirit of, of what you wrote there? Well, actually, I thanked everybody. Thanked everybody who didn't didn't believe I, I, in you. I, I thanked everybody so that I believed that, in me for helping me, and I thanked I, I everybody who didn't believe in me for giving me the desire <laughs> to achieve. So, John, at least there's that. At least, Colin, yeah, yeah. I could I could say to say to some friends, see, see, I believed in Colin uh, from way back when. Well, I'm, I'm gonna know, start that's crying where, now. That's where I'm, that's where I'm in. John, not not even that. I I cannot believe I, I put your picture that I was in there. totally dissed. Yeah, he's desperate for a picture of a boiler. <laughs> Deadline looming. Who does he call but me? My buddy. Here I'm, I'm taking pictures. I'm, you know. Yeah. But, do I, did I, I get any help there? No, heck no. Ah, well, you know, there you go. He doesn't want me. He wants my boiler. You know, you're just so important we take you for granted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a likely story. <sighs> you ever use that line on your wife? You know, you're time. so important. <laughs> it works about as well then. Too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just as likely to give you a blowjob as, uh, as your wife at this point. Just saying. Oh, uh, yeah. How's. I assume we're on in the morning. So I'm going to take a short break. We can smooth Jamil over children. And then, uh, children yeah. wandering around there. We can drink some more beer and uh, all that stuff. Yeah, t- today we are going to. Uh, we're going to get into the water book, uh, you know, more. Uh, you know, we've talked about water quite a bit. But I think it's a great opportunity to have Colin's perspective as well. Right. Maybe talk about on the pro level how that affects things versus, uh, you know, on, yeah, the, on your, the homebrew scale. Yeah. You know, what kind of changes that that involves. How's your emphasis change as you make the mm-hmm. transition? Mm-hmm. And well, and I know a ton about is. your water source, Jamil. So I'm, I'm curious as to how you guys have had to interact with it. So I, th- uh, I think... Uh, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'll share that information with you now, Colin. <laughs> the the people that uh, run the lab there uh, that test your water uh, uh-huh. are friends, um, and I've spoken a lot with them about your water source. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm a little curious. You've got some challenges in your water source, so well there you go. So finding your solutions, I think, will be useful to uh, our our uh, friends here too. Well, we'll find out. Uh, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll we'll get into the challenges of. Uh, Water on a on a bigger scale. Back after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weld thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, 
ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry, and much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events 
events, recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. It sounds like we're very manly from that uh, that uh, rejoinder. That's right. We turn beer into beer. That's right. So it's false advertising or something, I don't know. Well, you know, we are drinking beer from porcelain cups with saucers. With our picky extended. Yes. Ah, all right. So, uh, the water book. And uh, I really thought that this show, with both of you in studio, would really be me drinking beer, you two guys talking. Well, that that's could, really the way to go. Huh? It could be, but I think I think <laughs> our, our listenership has heard me talk about water quite a bit. Yes, and they love that. A few guys probably rubbing one out to the sound of your voice right now. I don't know. Well, anyway. Um, pictures, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, the soap on my windshield after the show was kind of counter to that. but uh, that, was, that, that white stuff was not soap. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. Well, I enjoy your show, too. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I thought I thought it would be interesting to kind of put a pro spin on this since we've got two, bro, two pro brewers in the room. and uh, One that cares about water and one that doesn't. Yeah, yeah. We could do point counterpoint. <laughs> okay, go Jam- for it, Jamil. You ignorant slut. Yes, that's me. <laughs> now you respond, Jay Z. <laughs> no, no. So I'm curious uh, about your water supply. So you have, mm-hmm. you actually have one of a, a real challenging water supply. You you get water out of the North Bay Viaduct, um, and it comes from a slough that uh, about a hundred feet above it is a, a slight depression, and in that slight depression, they raise cattle. And that's really not an issue. It's it's kind of a pond sometimes of the year, but it's a really big <laughs> issue when there's a lot of rain, and uh, all of that cow poop uh, overflows right into your water intake, and huh. the and they have to go crazy trying to uh, make that safe to drink because they they're only concerned about E. coli count, um, and so what they do is they add a bunch of chlorine at that point. And when I've gotten it, I, I got it for 10 days one year during one of those heavy rains. Uh-huh. Um, and it was the hardest water I've ever had to deal with. Are you sure we're talking about the same thing? Because, um, so my understanding is the water that we get, so does Berryessa feed into this aqueduct? No. So there's two water supplies. And I think uh-huh. you're too far north to get the Berryessa water, no. even when they're running Berryessa. We get Berryessa. Um, and then we also pull from, I believe, the Delta. Yeah, that's the get, North Bay Viaduct. We get Berryessa Delta blend. Okay, so so they do have the ability to put Berryessa water. So yeah, yeah, it's it's. Um, so the Berryessa feed. Now you have another issue with, and that is there's a big long canal that brings Berryessa water down to you. Uh huh. And every once in a while, it gets full of algae. So uh-huh. what they do is they poison it all with copper. Uh-huh. At that point, they have to shut off the Berryessa bari- water supply <laughs> until it all flocculates mm-hmm. down to the bottom and uh, uh, dies off. 
and then they turn you back on. Right. Um, that's a big problem for Budweiser. Their contract, uh, AB Fairfield, uh, right. their contract specifies uh, uh, various water only. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when they're doing that algae bloom treatment, um, that's a problem for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. The, so somebody told me, uh, somebody who actually sells the and maintains the water treatment plants in the area, um, they were telling me that uh, we were actually better off not doing 100% barriasa water because our water was actually far more consistent. Yes, they have uh, the ability to blend into mm-hmm. consistency, just like right. if we were blending tanks in a brewery. Yeah, and uh, you know, as far as the water goes, from from what we had tested, from what I've seen from the reports year round, uh, to you know, we drink the water that comes in off our tap and we carbon filter it and then we drink it so we we taste that water every day yeah and you know so far i'm, I'm really pleased good, good you good. know i drink that water every day and i think it's it's you know seems to be pretty good stuff the the in 10 years it's far better than pittsburgh i'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> pittsburgh water there were days when it's like ass and it was like weird colors weird odors weird just plain weird and you know we would you know fill the kettle and we're just like oh my god what is this and then we dump it and then we'd fill it again and you know and you're you're just worried about brewing yeah and we haven't had that issue so far that's good the only time i would worry about it is in a heavy rain Mm -hmm. um uh, that's the only time i've had the issue in 10 years um there was a period of 10 days where i refused to brew and uh, uh literally just said okay I just can't use this water. Mm-hmm. I got out of the shower in the morning and I smelt worse than when I got in. And that says a lot. Oh, that's that. Really <laughs> does Did you shower today? <laughs> nope. Didn't like the water. Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up an interesting point though, Jamil, where you said, you know, in Pittsburgh, the water would change colors and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, just this last week over in, uh, near where I live down in the Los Angeles area, um, a town there, which normally gets its water from uh, um, you know mountain aquifer there uh, on well, up against the foothill, they've been switching over to um, LAWDWDP water, and because there's um, the the local source uses uh, chlorine, and then the LAWDWP uses chloramine, they're getting wa- the the water from the DWP is turning yellow in the customer's mm. taps mm. because the chloramines, the ammonia in the component is dissolving rust, rust that's inside the iron pipes mm. that, you know, they're, they're, they've been passive up to this point, you know, same mm-hmm. water, same chemical mm-hmm. composition. Right. But now with this new change to a chloramine mm. uh, residual, it's dissolving some of that, and people are saying, "Hey, you know, why is my water yellow all of a sudden?" Mm-hmm. So, uh, you yeah, know, that's uh, that's an issue that uh, other breweries might experience too. Right, right. Well, and that, iron, water supply. and that iron has a very strong off flavor. So, yeah, yeah. It, uh, I've had uh, uh, beers that taste just like blood, um, usually from uh, uh, commissioning new breweries. Mm-hmm. You, you see the first couple uh, of yeah, batches yeah. leach uh, iron off. Of you know dust that was left in uh, from grinding, hmm. um, or other places in the in the system where mm-hmm. where something hasn't been passivated yet, mm-hmm. and, and you get these first few batches that taste like blood. Well, and, and for home brewers as well as as pro brewers, you should be running you know 
acidified water through your process, yeah, uh, you know, you, you know, you should run some cleaner through it to degrease everything, yeah, and then you should run an acidified uh, batch of water through it. Um, you don't want to run just tap water to rinse it. I mean, you you want to run something around the pH of the wort that you're going to be running through it, and I Good think point. that really makes a, a big difference yep. in in the the resulting flavor of your first batch. When when I commission new stainless, uh, the first thing I do is run a caustic cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing I do is I run a uh, uh, a nitric uh, phosphoric acid blend. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next thing I do is run um, isoalpha acids through. Mm-hmm. Um, and the isoalpha acids seem to passivate something that none of the other uh, treatments do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what you literally just heat up water with isoalpha acids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do it with new kegs. I do it with uh, mm-hmm. something Sierra Nevada taught me. Mm-hmm. Uh, do it with new kegs. Do it uh, with new tanks. What's, what's the flavor that you seem to get if you don't? Um, it seems to pull your isoalpha acids out. Oh, so it just sticks more. Yeah, I, okay. And that, okay. That's, so that's the you get a reduction in bittering or something. Yeah, for the first batch, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden everything else is fine. Hmm. Yeah, you know those. Uh, so for the listeners, he's talking essentially, you know, hop extract. You you know dump some in with your your acidified water, run it through this process, and you'd get you know some it clings to the surfaces, probably fills in some. Yeah, at some mic- microscopic level, is uh, binding to uh, the the surfaces. I've I've gone to a lot of lectures with uh, Ken Grossman, and mm-hmm. uh, being in the same uh, Master Brewers Association, oh, no, uh, right. a district, right? That was like high school detention. Or something. Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> um, lecturing you on your I've, behavior. I've only ad- heard him ask one question ever, mm-hmm. and he asked, a, "Where's the bathroom?" He asked a stainless expert why uh, uh, passivating with the uh, isoalfats has uh, made a difference, mm-hmm. and the expert didn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. Only question I've ever heard him ask. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think they even know it's here. Well, and you know the 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 you know that hot bittering it it, it it coats everything, and and that's one of the reasons why you really can't uh, you can never have a formula or calculation that actually calculates how bitter a beer will be. Yeah. People keep sending me emails They're like, well, no, if you really took enough measurements at enough points in the process of producing the word, you could make a calculation, so you're wrong. I'm like, it really doesn't matter because when you ferment the word, so much of that clings to the hops, uh, the, the yeast the cells, yeah. to the, the surfaces of the fermenter, to any bits of trube that you have and all that, it makes a wild amount of difference. How much you know you blow off, how much you don't. Yeah. You know, yeast strain, all that plays into it. And the, cell so count. it's always just yeah, your cell count, the size of the cells, how much surface area. It's all just a guess. Yeah. So you will never ever come up with a formula that is going to tell you precisely what the IBUs will be in a beer. That said, I used Rager on uh, something that just has bittering. Mm-hmm. And I calculated out it'd be thirty three IBUs, and it was like thirty two point seven when we measured it. I'm like, okay, yay! On, on beers <laughs> that are lucky. over fifty, I'm usually off by about ten IBUs. Oh yeah! Once them. you get past a certain point, forget it. And anything with late hopping, dry hopping, anything yeah. like that, forget it. You 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 you're, don't even bother. Don't don't discuss it. Don't talk about it. Just you know. If it tastes use good, it, it's right. Yeah, just just use the the 
the formulas to kind of give you a relative to what you're doing and when you're trying things and mm-hmm. you know what it turns out to be and you say well i need it more bitter okay then use your formula to say it's more bitter and then try well, it and again this, this is actually an interesting problem so i have a beer that i want to make more bitter mm-hmm. i can't can't make it more bitter there's nothing You've i can do to reach the limit bitter. i've reached i've reached the limit and saturation when there is a saturation point and the whole other thing is then it relates back to water so and and also you can get hops that have a more pronounced bitter character to them, you know, higher cohumulo and things like that. They're going to be kind of a harsher mm-hmm. bittering, and use something like that if you really want it to seem more bitter. But there's only so much isoalpha acids that'll suspend in a in the solution. The rest drops out. You can actually taste the bottom of uh, you know, you make a, a keg of of Double IPA, Imperial IPA, whatever. You let it sit for a while. That first pour off the keg is going to be far more bitter than the rest of it because it'll actually settle out. Oh, interesting. And, really? and in the boil, you see a sheen of oil on the kettle too mm-hmm. as you start mm-hmm. to, to approach that. Right. And 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 that oil is really hard to clean off the kettle as oh, you're yeah. as you're draining out of the kettle. You'll see that oil start it to cling to everything. Yeah. 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 We we spend a lot of money on chemicals to clean our kettle and make it shiny and spotless. Um. But, you know, getting back to water, you know, hot bittering, um, you know, it's mm-hmm. greatly affected by, you know, the sulfates in, in the water. Right. And, uh, you know, and also pH. pH as well. That's one of the things um, that, uh, you know, we're very cognizant on on our double IPA is making sure that the pH is right. Because uh-huh. when the pH is too high, it's kind of a duller hop character. pH gets lower, the hops are a little, they pop a little bit more. You get a little uh-huh. more aromatics you get a little more flavor you get a little more you know it's a little sharper and then below that the hop character starts to go away altogether mm-hmm. so there's a that there's a sweet spot in there mm-hmm. um and i find it's different for each recipe there's a sweet spot so mm-hmm. so as you go too high um you get harsher um uh, uh but maybe a little bit more a uh, present bitterness mm-hmm. but the aromas start to fall apart mm-hmm. and then you get into the sweet spot and then as you go below that, like, oh, and like really low, like 5.0, mm-hmm. uh, 4.9, you start seeing the hop character go away, go away altogether. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, uh, utilization decreases with lower pH. But, but, you know, the even, even still, there's only so much you can, you can dissolve into a solution. So, yes, you know, right. you, you take a giant can of CO2 based, uh, uh, alpha acid extract and dump that in. It doesn't matter what the pH is, only a certain amount of it will stay around as well. And, um, and, 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 so, so you get as much in, in the boil as you can. Right. And then you go and add yeast. Right. And the yeast starts it's stripping, it, starts back stripping out. it out. And the CO and the CO two can you can you too. can get a hundred IBU after it's fermented, like immediately after it's fermented, and you you, you can measure a hundred. But by the time you know all the yeast settle out and everything Six. else, and it and and the stuff that's in solution settles out, you're down to about eighty. My, my record in a glass is ninety two. I've been able to hit ninety two mm-hmm. in the glass, mm-hmm. and so that's after draft lines. That's everything. How far away from where you, from it where you're standing? <laughs> um so that's my record um, that's a pretty good arc and yeah. and the, that's uh uh that's pulling uh samples out of the faucet and shipping them to white labs mm-hmm. cool cool yeah um the recipe calculated well over 160 
Right, just right. Saying, yeah. There's just only so much that will stay in solution. Yeah. So uh, it's just one of those things. But, you know, the... You know, the mineral composition makes a a huge Difference. impact on, mm-hmm. you know, the same IBU measurement, different perception. You yes. get, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, you can put, there's some people that use real high cohumulone hops and you get a very harsh biting kind of bitterness. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a lot of sulfates, things like that. You get a yeah, much harsher bitterness to where it can be unpleasant or you can have the same IBUs and have it. Yeah, much softer. You know, it's really interesting if you talk to Tom Shellhammer up uh, uh, up in Corvallis up there. He uh, he doesn't believe that uh, uh, cohumulones matter at all. And yeah, I'm I, not sure they do. And and I was with him uh, and a really old hop researcher at a dinner one time. Mm-hmm. And the hop researcher's retiring, and he wants to put his two cents in before he goes away for good. And uh, he's like, "No, cohumulones absolutely matter." And Here's where you're wrong. And the hop researcher describes that if you don't sample 100 milliliters in a swallow, that you can't taste the hop character. Now, 100 milliliters, that's about a quarter of a bottle in a swallow. Yeah, that's quite a bit. And, I was going to say, that's a, that's a pretty good-sized load to swallow. And Tom Shellhammer had been using 20 milliliters as a sample size for his tastings. Huh. Um, and he's Tom Shellhammer is one of the best statisticians I've ever seen. Not only is he a gifted researcher... Um, but he knows more about multivariate statistics than anybody I've ever encountered. We should mention that he's a professor at Oregon State University. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, Oregon? Oregon. Oregon. Like liver, Oregon. heart, lung? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They had a university. I, I was thinking of another Oregon, but, you know. Huh. <laughs> Sorry, you have to get one sexual reference every 15 minutes where we lose yeah. customers. He's contractually <laughs> bound. 15 seconds. <laughs> You don't want the listeners to to get bored with us, you know. <laughs> they were bored years, like year one. Uh, well, that's very interesting. Uh, so you need to take in a, a hundred mils before you really. And, and so, what was the the what's the theoretical around that? You know, he wasn't he wasn't able to provide a, uh, a theoretical, although they'd both done lots of tastings, and over mm-hmm. the years, mm-hmm. the tastings had gotten smaller. You know, if you have a limited tasting panel, right, right. Um, you don't want everybody to be hammered. Um, uh-huh. Before you can get good data, that's interesting. Um, uh, so the tasting size had gotten smaller in, in uh-huh. the course of this researcher's career, that's and he right. thought it was to the detriment of beer. You know, certain things I I can I can taste just by almost touching my tongue to it. I just know what's in there. You know, you you have and and, and rarely am I surprised. You know, we we're talking about um, there was a beer. And everyone's like, oh, this is really sweet. Boy, this thing must finish like six Play-Doh. I just barely touched it to my tongue. I'm like, no, it's like half of that. It's, you know, three Play-Doh. Sure enough, you know, they're like, oh, no, no. So we measured it. But, you know, you you have a sense of certain things that, and you don't need the the 100 mils. But I could see that there's got, you know, that's the other thing. There's some, there are times when I'll, I'll have a beer and it's not until I've consumed an entire pint when I'm down to kind of the last bits. I'm like, you know what? It's not what I thought it was before. It's this. No, oh, yeah. And so you're saying that's one of the things in it, that, that cohumulone thing, the, the harshness of the cohumulone. Well, so do you believe in, I guess, long story short, do you believe that the cohumulone level in a hop really does? I, I do. 
Um, I do, and, and for beers that I want to be very quick drinking beers, you know, uh, like if I'm making a, a light beer that I want somebody to drink a lot of, and I want to just sell pint after pint after pint to the same customer, um, then I'm really focused on Cohumulone in the uh-huh. first edition. Uh-huh. Um, low Cohumulone. Yeah, I want low Cohumulones in the first edition. Right. And um, uh, if, it's, if it's not, if it's something bigger and bolder and I really want to slow them down, I'm, I don't care so much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, recently switched one of my recipes from very low Cohumulone uh, uh, recipe into a higher Cohumulone recipe um, because I was looking for some other flavors, not, not just for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually helped the sales on, on a pale ale. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I went the other way on my wheat and my amber, I went to low Cohumulone hops. Mm-hmm. Um, it very much increased my sales. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I do, because I get to watch people drink my beers, it's not, it's not like a, a brewery where I'm shipping a keg out and I've got to try to get feedback off the internet or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm literally walking by the table, and there's Belgian lace on a glass, mm-hmm. um, and it shows you every swallow somebody's taken. Mm-hmm. And I know when I've got a batch that somebody really likes, when there's four or five swallows in a pint. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Um, uh, when I see something that's got like 15 swallows mm-hmm. in a pint, <laughs> mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to sell that person another pint of that. Mm-hmm. And and I, I need every customer to drink two pints. That's my goal, is if... if you order one of my beers and you only like it enough to buy one pint and then, pour then it I in with a funnel. A <laughs> I think you can you can reach that goal. I don't I don't think that's an issue. I, I do a lot of my recipe formulation based on sales. Yeah, no, that and you know commercially that's what you need to do. A lot of times I think people don't understand that it's not about once you start commercially producing beer, it isn't about. Oh, you know, this will be fun, or that'll be fun, or I'm going to be creative, and this and that. Purity and virtue. Yeah, it's about people drink that crap. I don't care what it is. I I'm, I tell everyone, I don't care what it is. You tell me what everyone will drink a ton of, I'll brew it. No problem. <laughs> I don't care. If I hate the beer myself, I'm still good with it. No problem. You know, chances are that's that, you know, if people would drink a lot of it, it's going to be a great beer, it, you know, and, and, and I would appreciate it. I, I have a beer that's 23% of my sales, which is a pretty significant uh, figure, well, there you um, and I hate it. Well, all right. And I, and I, I, I absolutely hate it. Here's, and here's, every here's time I try do. to change it towards something <laughs> I like, it, the sales go down. <laughs> Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to hear what beer Colin brews that he absolutely hates, and all of you people that go to downtown just are stupid for drinking because he absolutely hates it. Back after this. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and E. Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. All right, BN Army. It's trivia time. 
time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hop Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously? What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight doesn't stop at 14% like most meaderies to save 40 cents a gallon. Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. Be a part of the BN Mead Explosion and ask for, no, demand Moonlight Meads at your favorite bottle shop. Moonlight Meads. Girly names, manly meads. Hey, sign me up for that party. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. 
Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're here with uh, Colin. He's going to tell us how stupid his customers are. <laughs> Go ahead, tell us tell us what beer you brew that that sucks, but it's twenty three percent of your sales. You know, it, it it's not that it uh, it sucks. I'm actually proud of the uh, work that goes into it. <laughs> I would just never drink it, um, and never I never drink it. I, I, I drink about a half a pint of it per batch, uh-huh, uh-huh. and and that's enough for me to uh, proof the tank and release yeah. it. What beer is this? It's the Lazy Summer American Wheat. Oh, and it's a uh, uh, starts off at uh, ten forty. Uh-huh. Um, finishes around ten o four. So it's real dry, mm-hmm. and uh, there's not a lot going on. Not a lot of hops. Yeah. A little pound and a half of hops in seven barrels. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Light, refreshing. Nine IBUs. Easy drinking. Yeah, not a triple IBU. Just IBA. nine, huh? You know. Wow. Yeah, nine IBUs, less than ten. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody told me once you needed eight to uh, have hops be an antiseptic. So I decided. Seven. Oh, seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven. So, the, so I, somebody told me eight, so I used nine. The, the, the believed number is supposed to be seven, I think. Oh, no, no, I actually. So I've also heard someone else say it's 11. Or maybe I have to go up in bitterness. Right. You need to be 11, dude. <laughs> it's, Colin, it's for the safety of your customers. <laughs> what do you wish it had that would make it better, in your opinion? Flavor. <laughs> have you tried messing with it and the customers were not down or what yeah and in fact actually i i got to the point once where it was like okay you know i, I put a bag of munich malt in it and munich is pretty strongly flavored compared to the other malts that are in it and i'm like okay these guys just want the least flavorful beer right, i can right. make and i pulled the munich out of it and this is after eight years 25 hop changes that nobody noticed and i pulled the bag of munich out and everybody complained for the whole tank so I guess there is something that they do like in it. I, right, mean, right. <laughs> I, I would have thought the lighter I made it, the better. But no, they do want a little bit of Munich hmm. in there. Hmm. Interesting. Is there any beer you were certain people would love and it just turned out to be a flop? Um, well, you brew every beer thinking people will love it. <laughs> you know, And then you're like, well, how come nobody's buying the damn thing? I, I had one one time. I, so I do a, every, there's a brewer that, two brewers at Downtown Joe's uh, died. 
um, in, 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 in the course in the tank. No, in the in the no course. Wonder it tastes so bad. <laughs> in in the course of uh, downtown Joe's history, um, there have been five brewers, uh, two of which are now deceased. And um, did they explode like drummers? Um, dead, a- actually, both were uh, DUIs. Mm. And uh, so uh, it's a little bit of a tragic history, you know. Yeah. Twenty six years. Sure. Uh, having only five brewers is not very many, but. Uh, 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 we do brew a memorial beer for Pat Worthy. Um, he died just before the brewery opened. And we also do a memorial beer for Rick Graham. And Rick Graham liked a very odd beer that we make called Golden Thistle. So <laughs> every year we, we make a supercharged version of the Golden Thistle, mm-hmm. and, and we call it uh, Dick CSB because um, his nickname was Dicks. And... Uh, uh, who doesn't like dicks? And and right, you know, and I, and it's a fun, you know, sit around happy hour and watch a bunch of guys walk up to the bar and says, "Yeah, I'll have a tasty pint of dicks. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Give me some dicks. <laughs> Give me some tasty dicks." Um, but in any case, so uh, one year, uh, I, I, I just make up the recipe off the top of my head every year. Um, so, uh, I don't really. I mean, I write it down, but. I don't really care what it is. I just he's so inebriated by the time <laughs> yeah. by, by eight thirty in the morning rolls around when I have to pick. When he's drinks. drunk, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so one year I, I just wasn't really paying attention, and I was like, "Oh well, just add three pounds of Chinook or whatever mm-hmm. hop I added that year um, as the bittering addition," and it ended up too bitter for anyone to drink. And it's mm-hmm. the only time I've ever had a beer where everybody just said, "No, it's just simply too bitter." Wow. And um, so I Chinook's a high co- cohumulant hop. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I and, and it was well over 100 IBUs, but so is the normal this mm-hmm. recipe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, you know, I tried to get it to take on, you know, just by, well, maybe they'll get used to it. Nobody got used to it. So finally it's like I'd, I'd normally do about 220 gallons. I had about 110 gallons left. I had about a half of the tank. And mm. it had taken a couple of months to sell that much, which mm. normally I sell mm-hmm. a tank of beer in, you know, two weeks. Mm-hmm. So... It was finally like, okay, well, I know how to cure too bitter of, uh, of hops. I took it off tap, waited a year, put it back on tap, <laughs> told him it was the new batch. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly it wasn't too bitter anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I, I cannot find that paper. But I, I, I read a paper from ASBC, I believe it was, that that said it gave a rate for... Um, ISO Alpha is dropping out of solution. And it was like 50% within six months or something. It, it was huge yep, within really, a short period of time. Yeah. And then it trailed off after that. But you could you could get a you know like an eighty percent reduction over the course of a year or something like that and and, mm. and I cannot find that I've mentioned it before. People are like, well, show me where that paper is. I mean, people in the brewing industry. I'll, I'll look for it. I, I have it. Yeah, too. they're they're like, no, that that can't. I, I you know, I, I think I've mentioned it to you know Brennelson and Mitch and a bunch of people, and they're all. <laughs> I like, know what that one is. Yeah. What are you crazy? Uh, you know, I, I've mentioned it to people that. They were they were shocked. They said that can't be true. It, it's and an old paper like too. Fifty percent in three months or something. It's something really ridiculous. It's one of the early hot papers I read, so it's yeah. at least fifteen years old. Yeah, because that's so when I started. I'd, reading I'd be it. I'd be curious to see that. It, yeah. it wasn't the Japanese paper, was it? I couldn't find it. No, I don't think so. It, I think it's. Uh, I don't know. It might be out of Coors of England. I'll, I've 
I've got a binder that mm-hmm. that has about a thousand pages. And I of hot and I think that it, it, the break could be even faster for higher hot beers. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you're talking about you know uh, a 15 IBU beer and you know the reduction in that, right. I, I think that that could be much slower. I think you know it's like anything when you have a high concentration. Yeah, uh, you know you have a high sugar solution. Some of it crystallizes and falls out. Yep. Um, you know, yep. I think the same thing is true about high, highly hot beers. When you know, you go from 100 to 80 in a heartbeat. Well, and the other thing is, we have all, all sorts of other molecules that want to want to either degrade or fall out of solution. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A great example is uh, uh, when you see a beer clear up. You've got a hop haze in it for a month, and then suddenly it's bright and clear. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And and they mm-hmm. taste totally different when you get that hop haze out. Right. Right. Yeah, anything that uh, and, and, and it tastes like tannins to me. It tastes like phenols. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the the proteins uh, are, are are interesting. I came across a ball of our Berliner Weiss that was uh, a year old, and, and crystal clear, and, and it grew <laughs> crystal clear, and it had formed this sheets of protein across the bottom of the bottle. Yeah. You know, turned it up, died down, upside down. <laughs> they came out like you know, dimed to quarter sized flakes that were working their way through it's like all the protein you know the, this hazy you know white beer that you want you know hazy with with the proteins they had you know bonded and settled and and formed these weird sheets and it's kind of kind of bizarre yeah time uh time's the best filter it, yeah it, it's the best tasting filter just about everything yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely you know things will settle out and you're not stripping anything and uh yeah it's interesting what what time will do uh, given a, get enough time and settling. Yeah. You know, so um, uh, when you published the book on uh, recipes, I called you up one day and you were like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I could probably tell you a recipe like that, but uh, why don't you just look at the book? I'll, I'll send you a copy of the book. Just look at the book. And, and That's I, my response to everybody now. And, and I can look it up in the book. Well, There's shows you can download if you don't want to buy the book. Google and, it. Yeah. You know, I, and I thought about it at the time. At the time, it was kind of like, you know, the book had just come out. It was kind of like, well, that was kind of rude. And, and now people come up to me with water questions. And it's like, look, read the book. Right. You're going to have a lot more interesting questions after you've read the book. Exactly. There's some really cool questions you're going to be left I, with. I spent a year explain, of my life explaining this. Yep. All I need you to do is freaking read the thing. I will give you a copy just don't ask me the questions until you've read the copy. All right. Let's take another short break. When we come back, maybe we'll get back onto water. I don't know. Maybe we'll just keep continue having fun. Uh, regardless, we'll be back right after this. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. New items include the Big Oxygen Kit for economical wart aeration using common welding oxygen tanks and the Unistat line of external thermostats for easy control of both electric heaters and refrigerators. In addition, They've just mashed their new oatmeal stout malt extract. So you can make those tasty winter oatmeal stouts and porters without mashing. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. 
vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hi, this is John from Grain and Grape. We've been supplying brewers in Australia for over 20 years and for all that time we've been working to offer the best products and service around, including free fortnightly all-grain brewing demos, 90 varieties of malted grain from Belgium, Germany, the US, Britain and Australia, equipment from browmeisters, kegerators, beer engines from Crown Urns to the humble brew in a bag bag, heaps of hops, Y-yeast liquid and Fermentus and Danstar dried yeast cultures, Fresh work kits made on the 500-litre Browmeister right here in the warehouse. We also sponsor and support brewing clubs and comps, the Australian National Home Brewing Conference, Aussie Home Brewer Forum and heaps more. Mostly, though, 100 years of brewing experience means that we can give you the best advice on your next recipe, your new system or that brewing problem that needs a solution. Mention the Brewing Network next time you order online or by phone to receive half-price shipping. Check out grainandgrape.com.au for conditions. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzenstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My daughter, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha <laughs> Yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power. Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Enjoy a pint? Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's 
our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. Enjoying each other's company? Yes. Having a good time? Well, we're drinking heretic beer, for one thing. Well, you know, the one thing that would make it better. What's that? little surprise package from adamandheat.com. I suppose that would do it, yeah. <laughs> Beer and an inflatable. We can uh, all whip out uh, our, our inflatable dildos and, <laughs> and have, a, have a wild old time. If you're, if you're looking, you know, here we are, four friends, four guys, having a good time, enjoying some beer, enjoying some, some discussion about beer. Right. And if we wanted to, you know, step it up a notch. Perhaps we could order from Adam.com. <laughs> I was going to say, few, on get, get, a, get a few, uh, get a few <laughs> fine goods, uh, uh, you know, delivered to us to enjoy. Yeah, you, you know, you go into the skeezy stores, not so great. You check it out online, privacy of your home. You can even do it mobile. AdamandEve.com on your phone, mm-hmm. and you in can order park. order all sorts of stuff in the park. You know, at the child's playground, wherever oh. you happen to be. You can, you can go ahead and uh, you know, do your shopping there. But uh, the the cool thing is, if you use the order code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L, you will get 50% off just about any one item in their store. So that's hey, all. why the, didn't you tell me this before Christmas? <laughs> that's all. <laughs> absolutely. I was looking at the site the other night thinking, what would the wife want? Half price on any one, just about any one item, right? That's all the money you're going to part with. And the prices are, are reasonable to start with. So you, you pay one half price on one item, then you're going to get free shipping. You're going to get a free extra gift. So central, I can't tell you about it right now, Colin. I'll tell you later. And you're going to get three free adult DVDs in genres of your choosing. You get like anal, Asian, amateurs, milfs, uh, interactive POV, IPAs, <laughs> uh, big butts, big breasts. Uh, you know, a, a huge range of choices. You choose three free adult DVDs. You get the free shipping. You get the free gift. And you're, all you're paying is 50% off of one item. You pay hardly anything. You get a giant box of goodies that we could be sharing here as friends. <laughs> intimately enjoying an afternoon together. I'm just saying, you know, you want to spice up your brew day? This is how you do it. AdamandEve.com. Check it out. Use the off code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L. You're going to get the 50%, the free shipping, the free gift and the three free DVDs. So check it out today. You can see it, why I always get kind of confused between Adam and Eve and Blickman. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, they're they're, yeah. they're such similar. I think Blickman models. needs an offer <laughs> offer code of Jamel J A M I L. You can get fifty percent off of uh, a naked photo of John Blickman. You're gonna get uh, a free so extra pack, gift. Yeah. So sensual. Uh, they put it in like a container and ship it to you. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I think think that's the way to go. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's let's. uh, Are we going to talk about water? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so what are we talking about? What, what, what were we talking about before the break? What what did you want to talk about? You, you're you supposed to be guiding this I, thing, John. You're right, I'm supposed you're to be right. drinking. You're supposed to be guiding this thing. And Colin's supposed to be actually providing the information. Okay, so we got to come up with questions for Colin. Okay. Got this um, thing all mapped out. Well, actually, before the break, you were saying, you know, uh, you commented, Colin, um, how your perspective on water had changed and how my perspective on water changed. Yeah, how has things changed since writing the book? I know when, when I did the, the yeast book, you know, it, it made me rethink certain things about yeast. I, on the water book, have you guys gotten a different perspective? Has, has, your, has your brewing, Colin, changed since you, you've written the water book? You know, it, writing the water book both simplified my approach towards water and also gave me a lot a uh, uh, wider knowledge of what it was I was doing and why it was working. Mm-hmm. Um, why I thought my water was working wasn't necessarily why it was working, um, although the same ideas still worked. Mm-hmm. And so, and that that was very interesting. Um, uh, one of the things that uh, was fun about a year and a half ago, uh, AJ Delang came up to me and he said. You know, one of the waters I really like to use is just take deionized water and add some calcium chloride. Call it good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, one oh. gram per gallon. I think it was like what was the suggestion? Oh, okay. Well, I use a lot less than that. I use about a half a gram per gallon okay. in, in a recipe now. Mm-hmm. And and I just went back to the brew house and took right. one of these really established brands that everybody expects to be the same every day and threw away the water recipe mm-hmm. and uh, and started with that one mm-hmm. and uh, turned out to taste really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting. Uh, and so then now a lot of the, since then, a lot of the specialty beers that I do, um, I try to start with deionized water, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and build it from scratch and just kind of play with it. Uh, something that's so expensive that it's something I never considered doing mm-hmm. before, you know, compared to just throwing some salts in the water. And- well, I remember when you started at downtown Joe's and I go down and we taste the beer and you, and you were doing such intricate, you know, measurements and adjustments of your water. And I would say, Colin, maybe just <laughs> simplify things a little bit. Maybe, you know, step back from that and, you know, don't do quite as much adjusting. Because you were, you were, you know, really on top of it. You were trying to make, you know, God's greatest beer. But, you know, I thought you were going overboard. Well, you know, and, and what I, I was doing five ion analysis every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, trying to figure out because my source supply was changing so so often mm-hmm. that I, it was really important to me mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to try to make that consistent so to make that, great beer so yeah. so that I at least knew where I was at so right. that when I'm formulating my recipes mm-hmm. I at least know what's going on right, right right and and I was getting alkalinity ranges that were from sixty to one hundred and thirty parts per million day to day and and that's just such a huge impact yeah. on on the beer. Um, that I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with the results. I wasn't happy with the consistency. I wasn't mm. happy with the consistency of the color. I wasn't happy with the consistency of the flavor, and I wanted to get a control over that. So, you know, discovering the cobalt equation um, and discovering uh, how sulf- sulfates and chloride affect the beer, I figured, well, at least let's get a handle on those five ions. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get calcium, magnesium, alkalinity, mm-hmm. chloride, mm-hmm. and sulfate. Let's get those written down every day. Before and after adjustment, and figure mm-hmm. out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for a hundred batches. And now, when I think about it, I really still need to know that alkalinity number. Mm-hmm. I, I just that sets how much acid I'm going to add, mm-hmm. 
But is, is that basically it at this point? Um, and then everything else, it turns out I'm adding so much calcium mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter what I start with. Mm-hmm. I don't really care what calcium I start with anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm probably starting anywhere from, oh, 5 to 15 parts per million calcium. Mm-hmm. But if I bump that up to 100, you know, 70, anywhere from 70 to 200, mm-hmm. um, uh, the difference, that, that 5 or 10 ppm difference doesn't make any difference at all. And that's because well, you have a surface water source. Um, yeah, I do. Um, uh, because I was that surface water source. So mm-hmm. my, my calcium is very low, mm-hmm. and then my magnesium is very high. Mm-hmm. So even small magnesium additions make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I don't me- bother to measure the magnesium. Right. I just only add magnesium to specific beers and then only add a little bit. Well, you know, when I was brewing, you know, uh, home brewing, uh, that's all I worried about was just adjusting for pH, you know, acid adjustment. That was it. Everything else I figured was already in the water. Wasn't going to strip anything out, and and things turn out great that way. And uh, you know, I, I I think one of the things that people tend to do, one of the things I've tasted in you know a lot of different beers from a lot of different breweries, a lot of different home brewers, they over adjust their water. They go to the extreme, and yeah, yeah. the beer doesn't taste good because they're doing way too much to the water. Whereas if they just started with the water and didn't do anything the beer would probably be better and that was always my my concern with a lot of uh, water adjustment my my water makes really good ambers and stouts Mm -hmm. uh porters things like that um pretty much out of the faucet Mm -hmm. um maybe a little bit of an acid adjustment depending Mm -hmm. on your grain bill um uh and add add some calcium because it's so low on calcium um but really that's all you need and it turned out that when I when I got there, there wasn't a pale ale that was regularly on tap. Mm-hmm. There wasn't an IPA that was regularly on tap. Now I've got a pale, an IPA, a double IPA, and a triple IPA that all need relatively significant water adjustments mm-hmm. to hit my mash pH. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of ways to hit your mash pH. And some of them have more flavor uh, contribution and some have less. Mm-hmm. And I, I find I like the a path that leads me to my right pH with as little flavor contribution as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. And imagine your American wheat. Probably. And what, what is that path? Um, well, that, it depends on each of the recipes because mm-hmm. of the grain bills. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, uh, typically if I was going to do a new pale ale recipe today, um, I would reduce the alkalinity down to somewhere between 30 and 50 parts per million with sulfuric acid. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally just strip it out with sulfuric acid. Mm-hmm. Now, that leaves me enough sulfates left that uh, I'm going to have to use a blend of calcium chloride um, and also uh, some calcium sulfate um, in order to get my sulfate-to-chloride ratios back. Um, but also, it still won't hit my, my mash pH. Mm-hmm. And so I also have to add another acid, and I usually use phosphoric for that. Um, so... Adding two acids is kind of odd, um, something that people don't normally do. Um, but I found it very useful uh, in my pale ales. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, sulfuric acid is not the acid that you want to go home and play with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very dangerous acid um, because my acid lockup is so small, I store it 98% uh, solution, which wow. is really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, much safer if I were to dilute it down to a one mole solution. Much easier to do the math, too. Um, um, but I don't, because uh, I like living on the edge. Um, but it, but it does mean I do have to dilute it uh, very carefully 
before adding it to hot water, or it will just boil instantly when you pour it in. Mm-hmm. And nobody likes to get splattered with acid. I don't know. You know, just just depends on what you like. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd, you know, some of those things have changed. I've, I've kind of mm-hmm. simplified my approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried to figure out uh, what flavor contributions I want uh, from the water. How, how can I accentuate the qualities of the beer? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the best uh, feedbacks I got on my American wheat recipe um, was many years ago, probably eight years ago, Doc tasted it. And I, I was adding almost 800 ppm sulfate trying to, wow. trying to push the smash pH into, into mm-hmm. something realistic. Mm-hmm. And um, Doc said, you know, I like the beer. But it tastes a lot like minerals. It's mm-hmm. just kind of minerally. Mm-hmm. And, your, your early beers were very minerally. Yep. And and I, I've cut back a lot on gypsum additions mm-hmm. because of that. Hey, beers are great now. But early on, I, I would tell you, I'm like, dude, maybe less minerals. You know, but mm-hmm. as a brewer, you've got to get there on your own, right. too. You sure, know, and, sure. And, but it is, it's like I'm saying, you know, people get too focused on water and lose sight of the, you know, it's forced through the trees type of thing. Right, and then that's really important. And mm-hmm. uh, I went from having no interest in it to mm-hmm. having to get over obsessed mm-hmm. um, in order to come back to a place of balance. Right. Yeah, and uh, I, I think your beers have uh, you know gotten so great over over time. You know, initially they were okay; they were better than what was being brewed there before, but they were still minerally. And then you know you've adjusted, and and I think you know they really really fantastic and there's still room to grow you know i've been well, i've been the master brewer there for 10 years and yeah. and i foresee a year from now being able to look at my the beers that i'm making right now and mm. going um gosh uh, i'm glad i got a lot better this year um and and i think at, at any point that you just stop and say well that beer's good enough mm-hmm. um somebody's going to pass you by right and true yeah. well and if you get a chance you know check out downtown joe's yeah uh, they're in napa so if the uh, the spouse wants to uh, go to the wineries and you prefer breweries, then uh, send that dude off to the wineries and you go to the yep. uh, downtown Joe's and check out the beers there. It's uh, got some great stuff, great food, and yeah. uh, lovely lovely environment as well. And you'll and probably some, see Colin there. I, I, some really nice raised flower beds outside the brewery. Yeah, it's outside the establishment there. there. So, I, I always tell people that you when pee they're... in those, John. Is that why you like them? <laughs> no, the uh, for the wine drinkers. The oh. wine drinkers have made use of them. All right, there you go. I, I always tell people that when they're ready to wash that nasty taste of old grapes out of their mouth, to stop by for a beer. Stop by. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. All right. Great show. If you're listening live, stay tuned. We'll we'll do another one uh, right after this. And uh, Colin, you want to you stick with us and we'll talk about God knows what? Or, sure. Uh, uh, I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah me too. We'll we're all drinking. We're My all espresso's kicking in. My IPA's about to kick in. There you go. <laughs> and if you enjoy this, check out our sponsors. Uh, check out BlickmanEngineering.com. Uh, great folks, and they they always innovating stuff. So you know you can you can uh, continue to enjoy uh, high quality brews, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and make your brew day better. And uh, check out our uh, other sponsors. Check out the uh, the Brewing Network store. If you go to thebrewingnetwork.com slash store, there's books. You can get the water book there. You can get uh, the Brewing Class Styles. You can get uh, yeast, book. Uh, yeast book. You can get uh, shirts, hats, hoodies, How to Brew, which is the best uh, brewing book there. And uh, you can get all sorts of good stuff there. And when you do, any profit from that? goes to the bottom line of the brewing network directly influencing justin's ability to buy ramen and hookers and yes. that keeps Keep the show on the air, on the air. Yeah. so make sure you you do that and when you do uh tell them that you enjoy this show 
Uh, That's right, because otherwise they may think you're talking about, you know, right. some, some unicorn some show or something. Right, right, which is a total mistake. You want to tell them you enjoy Bruce Strong. Until then, everybody, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everyone.